Welcome to Funds in Focus by the senior members of the investment strategy team at FlexShares Exchange Traded Funds. Join our experts as they explore how current market trends are shaping the investment landscape. In each episode, you'll learn how a specific FlexShares ETF operates and how the market has impacted the fund, along with the potential long-term implications of your client's portfolio. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to Funds in Focus, where one of our FlexShares subject matter experts discuss potential investment benefits and the role of natural resources in commodities and portfolios, along with the COVID-19 crisis impacts on investing in the asset classes. My name is Jehan Mady, and I'm joined today by Mark Carlson, Senior Investment Strategist for FlexShares ETFs. So Mark, before we dive into it, let's begin by giving our listeners some background on investing in natural resources and commodities, and really focus on what investment objectives investors have sought out to address using these asset classes. Thank you, Jahan, and I'm glad to be here today. Let me begin by saying that investing in natural resources and commodities have a long history where investors sought potential investment objectives, including diversification, inflation hedging, and capital appreciation. The portfolio investment role of natural resources and commodity futures have traditionally been to provide risk management investment capabilities through diversification of investment returns and most importantly, potential inflation protection. Investors have also looked for the potential of additional source of capital appreciation from global growth and correspondingly increased demand through ownership of natural resources and commodities. Investors have also benefited from investing in natural resource equities as these securities can afford opportunities to generate income via dividends. So Mark, you and I have talked before about how investing in commodities has changed over time. It has evolved for several reasons. Can you describe to our audience some of those changes? From the early trading days of commodity futures, uh, they were used as diversification tools in portfolios. Even as recently as the 1990s, if you look at the correlation of returns of a diverse commodity futures index with the S&P 500, for example, you would see low correlations. However, the data from Bloomberg shows that correlations between these two asset classes began to increase in the 2000s. The diversification benefits began to decrease, and this can be potentially explained as the due to the ability to invest in commodities was made easier and more economical by the development of investing tools such as ETNs that were tied to commodity futures. Now, commodity futures began to lose their diversification benefits in part also because they were increasingly becoming a permanent asset allocation within portfolios. I see. So in addition, we often talk about the challenges in investing in commodity futures when it comes to strategic allocations the impact of negative roll yield where the futures curve is in contango, upward sloping as longer dated contracts are priced higher than the near term contract. Yeah, that's right, John. In order to maintain exposure to the cash or the spot price of of the commodity, an investor must continuously roll from an expiring contracts into longer dated contracts at higher prices. This is known as negative roll yield when the curve is in contango. This is when the price of the longer dated uh, futures contracts are priced higher than the futures contracts preceding it. If prices on long dated contracts are priced lower, that's called backwardation, where the longer dated futures contract uh, trades at a lower price than the one preceding it. And in this case can work in the favor of the investor, but historically 
contango has been uh, more often the norm. This is why total returns on strategic allocations to commodity futures can be challenging when investors are forced to sell at the near-term cash price but reinvest at a higher price. Commodity futures can still play a role in portfolios, but we think they're better suited for short-term positions versus a strategic allocation as part of an investment portfolio. So could this mean that natural resource equities provide similar benefits, but address some of the issues uh, present in futures? Uh, That's right. Natural resource equities do not face the negative roll yield present in using futures for exposure, and they have historically benefited from compensation for the equity risk premium. There is also an opportunity for broader, more diverse exposure to natural resources where futures are not available, in addition to the ability to generate cash flow from dividends. One of the historical drawbacks has been that some legacy natural resource indexes often provide inefficient sector exposure and may have weaker than expected correlations to inflation. This is one of the key potential investment benefits and portfolio applications of investing in natural resources. So what I'm hearing is that this potentially sounds like this may be an industry issue, the need to maintain existing indexing strategies with long performance histories that continue to be used by the investors? Yes, uh, the challenges for some legacy indexes are in order to maintain their long-term track record, they have to maintain their investment strategy, possibly with some minor tweaks. But as the global economy and markets change and the availability of a great amount and quality of data becomes available, there are opportunities to develop new investment strategies that can take advantage of evolving trends. Recently, there have been differentiated designed indexes that address many of these trends in order to potentially provide a more positive investment outcome for investors in natural resources. One example of an index sponsor embracing an increased availability of, uh, in quantity and quality of data is the Morningstar Global Upstream Natural Resource Index, uh, ticker MUNRT, M-U-N-R-T, which addresses some of the shortcomings of legacy equity-based natural resource indexes. FlexShares ETF, the FlexShares Morningstar Global Upstream Natural Resource Index Fund, ticker GUNNR, G-U-N-R, is a passively managed ETF that seeks to track the performance of the MUNRT index before, before fund fees and expenses. This investment strategy seeks to address investment objectives of inflation hedging, capital appreciation, and income generation via natural resource equity exposure, but with a upstream focus that is focused on exposure to equities that own, control, and have explicit production rights to natural resources. A broader, more diverse natural resource exposure and a a relatively unique water resource sector allocation. Mark, can we cover some of the differences between the investing in upstream natural resource equities and the commodity futures investing? Well, the idea of both strategies is to attempt to track and correlate to the spot price of a natural resource. We've discussed the long-term investment results in academic research that shows challenges of long-term investing in commodity futures as the presence of contango, again, the higher forward futures contract prices, results in negative roll yield returns for futures in order to maintain exposure to a commodity or natural resource. While investing in natural resource equities does introduce some idiosyncratic company risks 
to the investing decision, this risk can be addressed through one, diversification, and two, by concentrating exposure to natural resource companies that directly own, possess lease or development rights to natural resource reserves that can yield portfolio exposure where the company's revenues, earnings, cash flows, and therefore their equity valuations are more correlated to the prices of those underlying natural resources. This relationship can provide favorable correlations to inflation as the price movement of natural resources make their way into the global economy and are reflected in inflation data. As I previously discussed for decades, investors used exposure to commodity futures as a diversification tool in portfolios. Looking at the data from the 1970s through the 1990s, commodity futures had a low and even at times a slightly negative correlation to the S&P 500 index. However, as more and more investors began to incorporate commodity futures into asset allocation decisions, correlations between the futures and the equities increased significantly. And while the correlation is not as high as a portfolio of natural resource equities versus the S&P 500, commodity futures usefulness as a diversification tool in portfolios has been diminished over the past two decades. One last thing to take into consideration investing in natural resource equities can produce income via dividend distributions. With the Federal Reserve having reintroduced ultra low to zero interest rate policy in response to the COVID-19 induced economic recessions, investors should potentially look at every corner of their portfolio to extract income when possible. Mark, that's a great point and an excellent opportunity to explore how natural resource and commodity futures sectors have performed during this recent period of market volatility versus long-term performance. Can you review some of that data for our listeners? Yeah, natural resource and commodity prices actually began to weaken in January as continued global and U.S. economic growth was being questioned. And then prices quickly accelerated lower once the COVID-19 virus crisis emerged in the U.S. Natural resource equity and commodity future indexes generally underperformed overall equity markets in the COVID-19 bear market. In addition to the demand destruction for commodities from imposed lockdowns, the Saudi Arabia-Russian commenced price and market share war drove crude oil prices to multi-decade lows. The energy sector has been among the weakest within the overall natural resource commodity space, yet despite the concerns over future economic growth, other subsectors are seeing less negative price performance. A few have even experienced price appreciations year-to-date due to sustained demand and or supply issues. Futures-based natural resource and commodity and equity-based strategies have posted similar total return performance as lower interest rates and optimism over the opening of the economy has prompted investors to add risk back to their portfolios. Through July 31st, 2020, per data from FlexShares website and Bloomberg, Gunner and the Munity Index have outperformed the legacy S&P Natural Resource Index. Now, all three of these strategies are based on common equity shares, as well as outperforming the Bloomberg Commodity Index, which is based on commodity futures. And here's some of the some of the numbers. So for Gunner, the FlexShares Morningstar Upstream Natural Resource ETF 
total return year to date through July 31st was minus 11.4%. For the Munir T, Morningstar Global Upstream Natural Resource Index was minus 11.0%. For the S&P Global Natural Resource Total Return Index, total return through July 31st, 2020, minus 16.3%. And for the Bloomberg Commodity Total Return Index through July 31st, 2020, minus 14.8. Now, looking at total return on an annualized basis for the last five years, again, ending July 31st, 2020, for the FlexShares Morningstar Gunner ETF, positive 4.7% annualized. Morningstar Global Upstream Index, or the Munity Index, positive 5.1% for the S&P Global Natural Resource Total Return Index, five-year annualized return, 3.1%. And for the Bloomberg Commodity Total Return Index, annualized five-year return through July 31st, 2020, minus 4.5%. Price performance for precious and industrial metals, agriculture, and soft community futures has buffered some of the negative extreme pricing performance that has taken place in the energy complex year to date. And Mark, why is that? Because the expectations are for a severe global recession. Wouldn't these segments get caught in the fray as well? Well, one of the common threads running through through the economy is the pockets of commodity strength are due to supply constraints, expectations for the China and U.S. economic restarts, and then, quote, buying the dip hedges, which have offset some of the negative impacts of the COVID-19 crisis. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So what exactly does this mean or what implications does this have on long, longer term performance? Well, the COVID-19 crisis has wreaked havoc on world economies in the financial markets. And many of the COVID impacts are expected to be lasting. It's conceivable that the role this asset class plays in investor portfolios might change as global trade evolves. Globalization, worldwide trade, consumer and business spending, the employee work organization and operations, and many aspects of economic activity are all being impacted in the near term. Which of these will experience long-lasting fundamental changes? How might these changes flow through to the natural resource commodity space? These are all important questions that investors will need to address. Natural resources and commodities should continue to be an important indicator of economic activity as supply and demand dynamics are important contributors to market prices. As global growth restarts and companies strive to adjust to the post-COVID-19 environment, the belief is is that natural resources and commodity-focused companies will regain uh, their prior significance in both financial markets and investor strategies. Now, Natural resources and commodities, a sector that thrives in a fully employed globalized economy, will need to make many adjustments as today's lockdown economies are reopened. Watching the various dramas play out in the energy space is an example of a natural resource component market that is not likely to return to its prior size or significance in the near future. We saw an unprecedented event as the price of crude oil actually fell to a negative level due to the technical surrounding the near-term futures contracts as investors were faced with excess supplies, 
limited and very expensive storage options, and no buyers for crude as demand had been sapped by the global shutdown. This experience was an extreme, but investors need to recognize the advantages of challenges of using commodity futures as a strategic investment tool versus a trading tool. So what about natural resource equities as a strategic investment tool? How have they fared over longer timeframes? Equities overall have a long history of use as investment vehicles and portfolios. And for natural resource equities, the focus on an upstream strategy has the potential to offer returns with greater sensitivity to the price movements of the underlying natural resource. The FlexShares Morningstar Global Upstream Natural Resource ETFs upstream focus seeks to gain exposure to those natural resource price movements through exposures to companies that directly own or develop natural resources, resulting in greater correlation between their revenues, cash flows, and earnings to the price movements of the natural resources that are then reflected in the equity valuations. Some of the more unique and broader natural resource exposure that differentiates Gunner from, say, the legacy S&P equity index or commodity futures focus strategies comes from the flexibility that allows the strategy to gain equity exposure into non-traditional sectors of natural resources, such as fish and poultry protein, hydroponics, alternative agricultural crops, and biofuel. Gunner's year-to-date and long-term performance has been favorable due in part to the Morningstar Index's upstream and more balanced exposure investment strategy. Versus the equity-based benchmark S&P Global Natural Resource Index, Gunnar has experienced positive attribution highlighted by allocations to the water sector, lower exposure to energy, and a more balanced upstream food-related exposure within the agricultural sector. Lack of downstream exposure in energy, that being the, say, refiners and oil field services and steel producers, have been two significant attribution contributors to Gunner. The S&P index allocates a significant amount of exposure to the in its agricultural sector to the downstream packaging subsector. Uncharacteristically, during this downturn, packaging has not seen material deterioration in return performance versus other subsectors, where under normal circumstances, packaging equities tend to underperform the broader market in downturns as demand for corrugated boxes and other packaging materials declines with slower economic growth. Mark, you've highlighted some of the advantage of Munert's investment strategy that breaks with longstanding legacy beliefs and asset classes. Can you give us a high-level overview of what some of the potential long-term impacts from the changes from the changes of COVID-19 might have on work environments, business, and consumer spending patterns? Well, just to highlight three of the uh, expected outcomes, one uh, of the major uncertainties in the post-COVID-19 world is what will be the state of the Chinese economy. As the majority marginal consumer of most industrial metals and a significant portion of global energy, a reduction in, say, manufacturing operations by foreign firms could challenge the country's progress towards a fully developed economy and the further accelerated demand of for demand of natural resources. This could be uh, countered by an increased internal consumption and standard of living within the Chinese economy. 
Second, an expected outcome from the COVID-19 crisis will be increased work from home and a decentralization of office spaces. This is expected to have an impact on commercial real estate and therefore future demand for construction materials such as steel, cement, and industrial metals. Lastly, decreased commuting due to work from home and declining business travel due to increased comfort and efficiency of electronic and virtual meetings combined with the continued emphasis on environmental investing efforts is expected to cut into demand for gasoline and jet fuel with potentially meaningful impacts on the energy space as well as potential uh, geopolitical implications. Thank you for those insights into the potential future of natural resources in the post-COVID-19 world. Uh, This is definitely a challenge for all of us. And finally, let's go ahead and wrap up with these thoughts into why investors will be well advised to continue to incorporate natural resources into their portfolio. Well, um, despite natural resources and commodity sector currently being slightly out of favor with investors, the U.S. and global economies will at some point recover and demand for raw materials should return. Should historical trends continue, natural resources and commodities may continue to potentially provide investors with, one, inflation hedging, two, opportunities for capital appreciation, and three, in the case of natural resource equities, the potential for income generation through dividend payments. What sectors within natural resources will be the primary drivers of these investment outcomes will evolve in the post-COVID-19 world as businesses and consumers adjust to the potential changes in global lifestyles. The post-COVID-19 world will require flexibility and will challenge longstanding held attitude strategies and models regarding investing in natural resources and commodities. The FlexShares Morningstar Global Upstream Natural Resource Index ETF's unique investment strategy within the natural resource and commodity space has allowed the fund to outperform other strategies through various economic and natural resource price environments and should be well positioned for adaptation in the new COVID-19 paradigm. Mark, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. It's been great learning about the trends and the opportunity to dive into the natural resources. So thanks again for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Funds in Focus. You can learn more about us by visiting our website, go.flexshares.com slash fundsandfocus. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Before investing, carefully consider the FlexShares investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. This and other information is in the prospectus and a summary prospectus, copies of which may be obtained by visiting www.flexshares.com. Read the prospectus carefully before you invest. Foresight Fund Services, LLC Distributor. Investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal. There is no guarantee that a specific strategy will be successful. ETFs are subject to specific risks, depending on the nature of the underlying strategy of the fund. These risks could include liquidity risk, sector risk, as well as risks associated with fixed income securities, real estate investments, and commodities, to name a few. Investing involves risk including possible loss of principal. FlexShares Morningstar Global Upstream Natural Resources Index Fund, GUNR, is a passively managed, non-diversified fund that invests in global developed or emerging market including the U.S. securities. Foreign and emerging market securities may involve certain risks, 
such as currency volatility, political and social instability, and reduced market liquidity. The fund is subject to global natural resource industry and may also invest in derivative instruments. The fund may be subject to concentration risk of securities in a particular industry or group of industries. Please read the fund's prospectus for specific details regarding the fund's risk profile. Carefully consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, expenses before investing. A prospectus is available at www.flexshares.com. Read it carefully before investing. Flexshares funds are distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LLC.